Hello, and welcome to the eTech Podcast with me, your host, Ryan Morn. I have been involved in the development of electrified vehicles and machines since 2005 as an engineer and a business leader. This podcast is the product of my passion for electric and autonomous vehicle technology. I'm here to share knowledge from some of the world's leading experts, as well as my own insights. Join me as we accelerate the transition to cleaner, safer and smarter vehicles and grow the industry around the world. Today, we're going to talk about something which I've been asked about a few times by uh, some listeners to the podcast and also um, on Twitter uh, over the last couple of months, and it's to do with electric trucks. And in particular, it was the argument that was started between Tesla um, and Daimler after Tesla announced the launch of their electric truck uh, with a bit of ritz and glitz and uh, and flair, as uh, Tesla typically do do these things. So they launched uh, their semi-electric uh, truck, and they were quoting a range that, uh, when a lot of people did the maths, left them basically scratching scratching their heads. And, and one of those people who came out quite publicly was a chap called Martin Daum, uh, and he's the head of, of trucks at Daimler. So, you know, really, he should know a thing or two about engineering a truck platform. And he said, um, you know, basically that based on uh, what they knew about making a truck, they thought that uh, Tesla were operating in a way that was breaking the laws of physics. I think he exactly said the same laws of physics apply here as they do in California. Um, And uh, the thing that has got really interesting is in the follow-up, Tesla have subsequently gone out and, you know, lots of people have seen their truck running on the road. They're doing testing. They're measuring how it's performing. And they're actually reporting that it was performing better than they were predicting. Um, So, you know, whilst it seemed initially that Tesla might have been guilty of overselling the capability maybe of the truck or the product, uh, you know, people were really quick to call them out. But now the truck is kind of running around and they're going, hey, you know what? Actually, this thing's doing better than we thought it was going to do. So Tesla hasn't hasn't been specific about the exact battery capacity of the truck. People are sort of taking some guesses at it being somewhere between 500 kilowatt hours and one megawatt hour. So, you know, that that is an enormous battery. That is an absolutely huge battery. So, you know, kind of more than, uh, even at 500 kilowatt hours, more than 10 times the size of the battery in, um, in a Nissan Leaf. It is a huge battery, um, whichever way you want to cut it. But it's it's interesting that it's, it's still practical. So in this in the scale and size of a, a truck, you know, Tesla have managed to engineer a battery into that package of that sort of size. And it's also interesting that they're, they're saying that they're actually doing better than uh, than they were expecting to do. So the question asked um, of me often is, what is it that everyone else is missing? It, did, did Tesla really know something that everyone else doesn't know? And what is it they're doing? Um, you know, it means that they're not breaking the laws of physics. Can you explain? So here's my take on it. Um, So I do think what Tesla have done is an incredible job of packaging a really, really nice powertrain um, and truck. And and what they've really focused on is achieving an efficiency in the truck and in the driveline at a systems level that's basically pretty much unparalleled in the market. And that's kind of what they did with the car as well. Because they did a ground-up design of the car, the aerodynamics are completely different. It's much more slippery. Basically, it, you know, they achieve better um, energy consumption per mile than 
any other comparable electric vehicle that is based on a conversion of an ICE engine to an electric powertrain. So, so they've done a really uh, slick job of optimizing the powertrain, um, and then in particular on the truck, making some other changes. So, so what have they done differently? Well, a, a lot of electric truck projects have, have basically started by converting a diesel truck, so taking out the diesel engine and replacing it with an electric motor. But the, the Tesla Semi uses a powertrain that really is quite different. Um, so Tesla, they basically eliminated a lot of the components that you would usually find in a heavy-duty truck driveline. And they're using quite a clever system where each motor has its own reduction gearbox. And um, what they've done in the prototype trucks is modify existing live axles. Um, so they have four motors, two motors on each axle, each with their own reduction gearbox connected to the half shafts going out to the wheels. Now it's likely that for production they might have to adopt uh, independent suspension, which you know can be a benefit because it's going to give you a smoother ride compared to a regular truck of this sort of size. Um, you know, some people might say that's a disadvantage because that's quite different to the, the live axles that trucks normally have, so it involves a lot of re-engineering. Clearly, though, it's it's possible and it's been done. So that this uh, the four-motor system is, is a key part of, of uh, making that truck perform. Now, doing that, doing that four-motor system, getting rid of the diff, getting rid of the prop shaft and not mounting the motor up front means that um, they've been able to basically package the battery in a much better way in the frame of the truck um, and under the cab. So um, there's not just the battery, there's all the other ancillary components, the thermal management system, the DC-DC converters, the onboard charger, etc. But they basically created space because they've done this kind of um, back axle configuration um, and, you know, they're not the first. Other people have done this. Um, the sort of four-motor configuration has been done by other people, um, but they've, you know, that's the approach they've taken. They haven't just taken the easy route of applying a single electric motor drive to a relatively standard axle system. They've decided to do it, you know, as they always do, and go all in um, and challenge on a number of fronts. So. This electric powertrain and really neat packaging has enabled Tesla to do something else that's really important on a truck. They've been able to massively improve the aerodynamics compared to a normal truck, and there's several reasons for that. So if you look at the Tesla truck compared to a conventional tractor unit, it's, it's fairly obvious that Tesla's going to slip through the air more easily. I think you don't need a PhD in fluid dynamics to see that the aero is just much better than a normal truck. There's more to it, though, than just simply the pretty shape. So first of all, the requirement for airflow for cooling systems in a normal truck is absolutely enormous. And this has been radically reduced, you know, in any electric truck, but particularly in the Tesla for some, some uh, special reasons. The diesel truck, a normal truck, has to deal with about 50% efficient engine. That means 50% of the energy being burnt as fuel is getting lost as heat in the cooling system and out straight out the exhaust pipes. So normal trucks have to deal with all of this and they have to deal with a very hot exhaust system and they have to have huge cooling packs and massive cooling fans uh, which really, really hamper the aerodynamics. Air is getting drawn in through the front of the truck, through the cooling pack, over the engine, it comes out behind the cab and under the chassis. It's super messy and it's, it's like awful from an aerodynamic point of view. 
If you look closely at any picture of the Tesla Semi, you can see that there's only a really, really tiny air intake along the bottom of the bumper, and it's a fraction of the area of a conventional truck. It'd be interesting to see if, if they still manage to keep such a small air intake for the thermal management system in the production vehicles, but certainly on the prototypes, it's, it's a very, very small co cooling system. And this, um, this makes a huge, uh, huge difference to the overall package. Then the other benefit is because they've reconfigured the driveline, they've dropped the battery lower in the chassis, they've got a very low cab arrangement with a much more aerodynamic, um, obviously swoopy kind of styling to it. And this gives a, a huge difference to the overall package. In a, in a regular truck, as much as 50% of the fuel consumption can be to do with overcoming aerodynamic drag. So there's, a, there's huge gains to be made with more aerodynamic designs, particularly at higher speeds, higher motorway speeds. And the figures, something roughly like 2% reduction in drag results in 1% better fuel consumption. I would think the Tesla Semi has maybe as much as a 30-40% uh, reduction in drag compared to a conventional truck, possibly even more because of that quite significant change to the thermal management system. There's some some other um, notable features as well compared to you say, well, any electric truck, we could do that. We could take any electric truck and we could optimize it. There are a couple of other things that Tesla have in their kind of armory that's that are quite special, um, even compared to what some people, other people are doing with electric trucks. So, for example, in the Model 3, Tesla have shown a new power inverter, and these power inverters use silicon carbide switching devices. Um, Silicon carbide's got a much lower turn-on, switch-on resistance um, than an IGBT, so they generate less heat, um, and that means you've got less heat to get rid of through the cooling system. As I mentioned before, the four-motor system instead of a single big motor, that means the phase currents are massively reduced on those motors. So that means I-squared losses are going to be much lower. So we've actually done podcasts on both of those topics a while back, and uh, we're going to put a link to them in the show notes below if, you, if you're interested in finding out more about the impact of multi-motor systems um, and reducing phase currents or about um, going to silicon carbide. So the other big advantage that they've got on uh, the Tesla truck, and I think on any electric truck, but you know they've definitely done a good job of this on the Tesla truck, um, they have massively reduced parasitic power consumption. So all trucks have key ancillary systems which are normally driven off the engine, such as the engine cooling fan, which we've already mentioned, the coolant pump, the air conditioning compressor, the steering hydraulic pump, the air compressor for the brakes and suspension. The total power consumption of all of these devices on a conventional truck can be absolutely massive. It can be more than 50 kilowatts. So it's a really, really significant energy consumer. Um, on some driving cycles, the power consumption of the ancillary systems will be as much as the motive power for the truck. And that's especially true in sort of fairly slow-moving stop-start conditions. So don't underestimate the power consumption of those um, ancillary devices. On an electric truck, there isn't an engine. So basically, all of these devices have to also be electrified. Now, running these ancillary systems separately, each with their own uh, electric motor and electronics, means they can be really, really precisely controlled, which is very difficult on an engine-driven system. So that means the devices can be optimized, so right down to, uh, you can shrink the size of some of the key components. Obviously, we just mentioned the 
cooling system components are going to be much smaller anyways um, because you've got lower uh, lower heat rejection requirements from the electric powertrain. But if you did a like-for-like -like comparison on an engine-driven cooling system versus an electric cooling system, even there there'd be quite a significant uh, opportunity to reduce power consumption. So the, the typical, the peak power, you know, kind of that 50 kilowatt system, the equivalent on an electric truck would be less than 15. So, you know, a third uh, typically of, of the parasitic losses compared to a regular um, compared to a regular diesel engine truck. And that's massive, you know, huge benefit in terms of the driving cycle. And I think particularly the sort of cycles that Tesla are going to be testing in um, in and around the sort of Bay Area um, in California. <clears throat> so so there it is. In summary, uh, basically, I don't think Tesla were breaking any laws of physics. Um, you know, building an electric truck can be as simple as strapping a big motor and battery onto a truck that was originally designed for a diesel engine. So a kind of conversion type approach. And you can see why a lot of manufacturers would want to do that. They've got all of the investment already in all those cabs and, and body structures and chassis. And they don't want to uh, redesign all of that for an EV. But that approach won't give you the best results and it won't really take advantage of the massive system level gains in efficiency that you can make. So optimizing the truck design around the EV powertrain and then also optimizing the subcomponents within that powertrain presents some massive opportunities to reduce power consumption and that critically uh, results in a greatly improved battery range and performance. So it's fair to say that you know all trucks are not created equal, and and with a uh, um, with a truck there, there's massive gains to be had, massive gains on parasitic power consumption, and massive gains on improving the aerodynamics um, and the the way the truck slips through the air. So I hope you found that interesting. Um, just a little bit of an insight from me um, based on, on what I've seen and, and questions that we've had. Um, really hope you're enjoying the podcasts. Uh, we're trying to put a podcast out about once a week, um, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. The intention is they're all going to be very technical and technically focused. If you have a question that you'd like us to address and something that you would like us to talk about, feel free, send it in um, by any of the, through social media or by email. You can find us on our website or through the usual social channels if you look for us. Um, and, and we will answer them. We'll bring them into podcast episodes and we'll answer them. If you enjoyed the podcast, please uh, don't forget to leave us a rating and, uh, and a comment and a review um, or hit like depending on which platform you're listening to us on and subscribe to the channel to make sure you get future updates. So that's all from me for today. I look forward to speaking to you again soon.